up, everyone? This is Must Go Faster, a pop culture podcast for the people. I'm your co-host, Ben Brantlinger, broadcasting from Brooklyn. And out in Long Beach, California, lamenting the loss of the people's third baseman, Anthony Rendon. I'm Robert Denfeld. Thank you for that, Rob. Uh, yes, Anthony Rendon is no longer a Washington National, uh, but uh, we're going to move on we'll from that. Our on. last pod yeah. was... At least we got Strasburg. <laughs> right, right. Are we going to do another Nats pod? I don't know. <laughs> I'm Maybe, down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. All right, so we're pivoting. Uh, it's going to be... No. We are going to talk about in this episode, it is uh, list season. Yes. Um, it is that time of year again. Uh, one of my favorite time. I have like a love-hate relationship with list season. <laughs> Me too. As someone who both loves to consume all of the end-of-year lists right. and also make my own. Yeah. And then on top of, you know, all the other added activities and stress that the holiday season <laughs> right. brings. Right. It's kind of like, I was telling you the other day, like I'm kind of super excited for like January 9th yeah. or something. Let's you know, just like get all this past getting, us. <laughs> getting us through. But no, but we really enjoy it. It's, it's a lot of fun. And these lists, uh, I mean, as stressful, I mean, it's kind of like silly stress. That's not real. Well, it's, yeah, you know, it's all sort of arbitrary. Yeah. Uh, right, but right, we enjoy right. this and we take it seriously and, it is like fun to just look back at the year and and obviously this year we're doing our decade lists which are quite challenging but fun yeah and yeah yeah so we're gonna celebrate the year in music in this episode and rank our top 10 songs of 2019 this is an episode you know an annual episode of ours that we've done um definitely one of my favorites to do all year um you know this is gonna include we're gonna rank our top 10 these are songs you know that we kind of kept returning to again and again throughout the year songs that have really moved us or made us feel in one way or another yeah. or songs from artists that have had, you know, some kind of cultural impact or yeah, one something that notable, simply dazzled by the songwriting or production, right. et cetera. You know, it's, it's a, as, as Rob said, it's, it's hard to really quantify these things, but we would rather do it than not. And there's, yeah. you know, a variety of reasons of why these certain selections make our list. And I think, as we go through, you know, our 10 through one, we'll be able to kind of state our case for, for why each made our list. Rob, as you mentioned, we have shared our top 20 albums and top 20 movies of the decade yes, on we have. Must Go Faster Instagram or Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, so be sure to check those out if you haven't already. I'm sure you might agree with some. You might be outraged, outraged <laughs> right. by some, but... Those are picks. Let us know what you think. Yeah. And you can find those at Must Go Faster Pod on our on our Twitter and Instagram. Let's dive into it. We got a lot to get to. Um, let's kick things off with some honorable mentions sure. that just miss our top 10. Yeah. Uh, Rob, do you want to run through yours and I'll get to mine? Okay. Um, so I'll start with a song off of Lizzo's Cause I Love You album. The song is Tempo featuring Missy Elliott. Um, this album is obviously a huge smash, and I think we'll hear from you later about another song from this album. Smash. It's a really, you know, Lizzo is just kind of this phenomenon over the past two or three years had a, a ton of hits um, and tempo well, this year was her she just surged to another stratosphere right she's like just this everywhere was the year of, she had been bubbling up for like the year or two prior but this was right. the year where you know her label Atlantic really prioritized her mm-hmm. you know put a ton of investment into her and also she's just a singular talent in a lot of ways and I think right. kind of the stars aligned and she became one of the if not the breakthrough star of 2019. 
well said yeah so tempo featuring missy elliott um i'm sure most people have heard this song it's like bass driven feel good mm-hmm. like dancey yeah dance song fun to listen to and it's uh definitely one of my girlfriend natalie's favorite songs so i i just had to give this a shout out so second i'll go with two tyler the creator songs the first mm-hmm. two uh songs off his new album uh igor and it's igor's theme and earthquake so yeah these two songs i really like this album and his album from last year uh flower boy was almost on my top 20 albums of the decade list it it you know creeped creeped in like top 30 probably um but tyler the creator is just a really unique artist and has a has a different sound from almost anybody and these two songs kind of summed up the album for me i really like the way it opens with igor's theme it's just like a really cool beat and gets you hyped and earthquake was the the biggest hit and i think it's one of his biggest hits of all time actually uh, in terms of like listening numbers and has a cool video it's kind of you know it's a love song of his which is yeah which is a little different change of speed touch yeah, the album Igor, it, it's such a cohesive body of work. Um, I know a lot of people who who loved it and made a lot of you know critics best of year lists. And yeah, I mean we we talked about Tyler early this year, and he is you know such a unique talent, has such a specific vision of who he is as an artist, and that vision is uncompromised. And I think that vision really crystallized more than ever on this this album Igor that he put out this year and totally. uh, yeah I really dig both those tracks that you that you uh that you selected as honorable mentions. Man, was I saying Igor? <laughs> it's like Is it I- Igor? No, Igor? No, no, it's Igor or Igor. This is like a young Frankenstein thing going on here. Right. I think uh I don't know, both are acceptable. You must be Igor. No, it's pronounced Igor. But they told me it was Igor. Well, they were wrong then, weren't they? I-G-O-R. I yes, you, you, yes. You be the judge. Right? Anyway, um, so my last honorable mention quickly is I just have to have to mention uh, Old Town Road, Lil Nas X mm. featuring Billy Ray Cyrus version. It, this song, Not I mean. the original. You're all about the Billy <laughs> Yeah, Ray. I'm all about that Billy Ray. Yeah, I'm to take my horse to the Old Town Road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I don't really like this song, I guess, but it's just, it was such a smash. And it you was, like it. You like it. I so. mean, like deep down, I do kind of like it, but I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know <laughs> what I'm trying to say, but uh, this song is just sort of undeniable and it was, uh, you know, the biggest song of the year, uh, hands down. Easily. Yeah. So I just wanted to like make mention of it and we're not like above it or anything with our musical taste. Hell no. Hell no. No, this song as you said, is undeniable, obviously merging, uh, you know, hip hop with country. That yeah. is kind of the ultimate takeaway of, you know, right. why I think this song became what it was. But I think from just a pure songwriting point of view, uh, the melodies and the harmonies that yeah. Lil Nas X puts into it are actually just really thoughtful and, yeah. and well-written. And I think, you know, the song, it's, I want to say it's like, you know, barely over two minutes. There's mm-hmm. just like one long verse with a chorus on either end. I know the Billy Ray remix, he added some polish there with his vocals and in the production. But 
Yeah, I mean, the song, not only the biggest song of this year, but you can make the argument that it's a top five biggest song of this decade. Right. And, you know, as an artist, Lil Nas X, like, he had a very smart, to the people type of marketing strategy behind this record. Um, you know, he he was, you know, a lot of TikTok and Reddit and Twitter and understanding the meme world and really leveraging that to, you know, as as someone as young as he is, I, I forget his exact age, but I know he's still a teenager. He's like, you know, this digital native, he grew up with mm-hmm. these tools and he was able to really kind of game the system to create this this massive awareness behind that song um, that really gave it, you know, just like a lot of uh, uh, marketing power uh when it was put out and then you have the song which sonically is very unique it's got a great melody and was just born for memes and twitter and the internet culture that right. we're, that we live in, in in 2019 yeah no doubt i mean y- you said everything i couldn't say uh <laughs> well done there yeah um yeah, I've thought a lot about you know, Lil Nas X this year as someone who works <laughs> right. in the music industry and, uh, you know, thinks uh-huh. a lot about why certain... Marketing and... Yeah, so yeah. why certain artists resonate and, and certain songs uh-huh. resonate while others don't, so... Uh, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. well put, and that's uh, Old Town Road. And, yeah, let's get to your honorable mentions. Yes, yeah, so, so I have three here. My first okay. one is this track uh, called Home uh, by Caribou, who's a nice. producer, engineer, solo artist. He's been around for, for quite a while. didn't realize, um, I think, yeah, he's had a, at least like a 20-year career. But this is huh. his first track, first release in five years, and it was really kind of, re- of a return to form. Baby, I'm home, I'm home. This is a very feel-good jam. There's a heavy use of of samples and both the vocals and strings. And I think with this song, there's there's really like a warmth and comfort to it, um, both lyrically in the song's theme, but in the music as well. Like, I can't imagine anyone disliking it. It's just a really good vibe. I would like to hear, you know, a potential remix with like the right artist doing, you know, a rap verse on it, I think could mm-hmm. be really cool. But I think... Yeah, this was just a track that was um, one that I kept, you know, going back to throughout the year. And again, you could put it on in a lot of different, you know, social settings. And it's just it's just a really nice vibe. And nice. it's just one that I, I wanted to uh, to shout out as an honorable mention. Cool. Number two track is is one from this rapper Denzel Curry, and the name hmm. of the song is Speedboat. Speedboat, pray to God I don't get repo. Didn't go to college for a free throw. People getting killed through the peephole. Have your money up before you go to war. Put the mask on like a little door. My dog didn't make it to 21, so I gotta make it past 24. I don't know this at all. Yeah, so he is a rapper from South Florida. He kind of had. One of his more like breakthrough albums that came out this year. I he he's been around for a bit, but I hadn't really heard of heard of him until earlier this year with this this album Zoo Z U U is the name of the album. Okay. This song Speedboat. I mean, it's a banger. You know, we're both um, banger enthusiasts. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Who isn't? What's that? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> and I I really love just the arrangement of this song. Like, there's uh-huh. this cascading like piano that sits behind the beat that almost feels like the piano is like about to like fall apart. Like it's trying to like catch up with the drums, but it kind of creates this unique effect. There's a really catchy chorus. Um, You know, the artist sounds very 
hungry and emotional in it, in it despite it being a fairly like accessible kind of party track. Um, I think okay. there's a bit more like gravitas towards it in that sense. And again, yeah, it's one that I, I, I discovered in the summer and really returned to throughout the year. So uh, yeah, check out his album, Robbie. I think you would definitely be a fan. Yeah, uh, I'm going to. Denzel Curry, no relation to Steph Curry. <laughs> right. Uh, but or he Seth. Is, Don't uh, forget they're Seth. They're both talented. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> cool. So, and then the, the last track in my honorable mention is this one called, uh, the track is called Bad Idea from this artist, Girl in Red. Girl in Red is a 20-year-old singer-songwriter from, from Norway. And yeah, this song, Bad Idea, I just think is is just like a really urgent, badass, like bedroom indie rock record. Um, she records a lot of her music in her bedroom. It kind of has that homemade feel in the production. And I just, huh. this song, like I love the like intensity of the drums. It kind of reminds me of something from, you know, the 90s era. For some reason, I'm thinking of like, the group garbage the, the female okay. fronted group garbage i don't know that that's and then i was listening yeah. to some garbage i was like ah it kind of sounds like i don't know but i'm just getting garbage vibes um there's a pre-course in this song that has kind of this like 1950s like doo-wop vibe which i thought nice. was pretty cool and yeah i think girl in red she's just a really consistent songwriter um you know explore her catalog on spotify if you haven't heard of her i think mm-hmm. she she has like a really diehard fan base that's organically growing and is definitely one to check out um if you haven't so cool those are my honorable mentions good robbie gave ours let's get into our official top 10 here rob what is your your number 10 song of 2019 so my number 10 song is by maggie rogers off of her album heard it in a past life which came out in january and the song is burning So this song, um, you know, the, uh, Falling Water made my honorable mention list last year, um, which was a single off of this album, but it came out in 2018, so I included it. Um, and she also has a couple songs like uh, that came out in 2016 and 2017 on this album that were just um, sort of singles, Alaska, and on and off. Um, but this song, Burning, is is you know entirely new in 2019, although it came out in January. Um, but I just love Maggie Rogers' voice and her songwriting ability and just the way she sort of delivers her vocals, I guess. Um, it's just mm-hmm. very like passionate and just really heartfelt. And um, yeah, I just love her style of, of singing. And so this song, Burning, um, I want to say if there was an isolated recording of me trying to sing this song alone in my car... Yeah, there would be like got dogs the tapes of that. howling around the neighborhood and people, yeah, it, it's not great. Um, but I, I just love like singing the chorus to the song and, and the whole song in its entirety. And uh, yeah, it's just one of those songs that like I, I love listening to in my car throughout the year. Um, mm. It's just a really great track, uh, highly re-listenable, I would say. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have to say. I love Maggie Rogers. Yeah, no, I definitely dig her as well. And this song, very catchy hook. I feel like it's kind of, it's it's smart dance music in a way. Um, and yeah, yeah I, 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 I really dig it as well. And I know she's she's developed quite a fan base over the last few years. I know she's done a lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of touring and, and seems, you know, the people that are into are, are really, you know, into, into what she does. So right. uh, definitely a fan of, of Maggie Rogers in this track as well. Nice. What's your number 10? My number 10 is a song called Bop. Oh yeah. By the baby. Let's go. Ha. I needed some shit with some bop in it. Let's go. I flew past the whip with that blunt in my mouth. Watch the swerve and that whip had a cop in it. My bitch got good pussy. Fly her across the country. I finished the show and I hop in it. I got me a milli. I did it legitly. I'm still with the shits. I'm a hot nigga. Oh, you asking for pictures with niggas? What's your name? Get the fuck out the spot, nigga. Trying to figure which deal I'm going to take. I woke up a couple million. The baby. I just sound so ridiculous saying the baby, but hey, that's that's the artist's name. Yeah. Da baby. He is my favorite new hip-hop artist of the year, um, really had his breakthrough. I mean, you know, he's he's been around for a little bit. It was old, was pretty, like, recently discovered, um, but definitely had his year in 2019. I would say, yeah, outside of Lil Nas X, had the biggest breakthrough of any male rapper hmm. um, this year. Just a massive year in terms of musical output and just artist awareness, and I think he'll have a much longer career than Lil Nas X, notice disrespect the old town road but i think he just has <laughs> sure. more of a longevity factor and don't worry you're not going to offend me personally <laughs> yeah hey we already praised old town road and <laughs> right. it was a pho- undeniable phenomenon but <laughs> we're moving you know it wouldn't that. stun me if 10 years now from now we're like remember lil nas x god what a one hit wonder yeah. we'll see right i could be eating those words who knows so back to the baby what i love about him is like he's just rap in its like purest form and it's refreshing in a way that mm. he doesn't stray away from his very like established flow like he knows what he does best and he just doubles down on it love that Um, there's not much studio trickery that really goes goes into his vocals there's no like emo auto tune crooning for example that's become very Mm -hmm. trendy in in parts of hip-hop the past few years he has a uh physically like his face like he has a very wide jaw that i think helps give him like this very distinct deep like timbre in his voice which he uses to his advantage he's from charlotte north carolina so he has a bit of like that southern drawl and his flows are just really crisp they're airtight they're Mm -hmm. focused and packed with like tons of personality and it's such a it's such a driving flow that he has like Hmm. his song i heard i remember hearing some writers say like it sounds like the beat is almost trying to like catch up with him as he's rapping in a way yeah yeah and which i thought was a really i hear that know, on the nose point about him so anyways yeah. the song bop it's off uh the baby's second studio album um that was out this year called kirk and the song's intentions for this are clear they're right there in the course i needed some shit with some bop in it some bop that's right. that's what he needed and yeah the baby delivered the bop um, so, <laughs> uh, I saw him, <laughs> this, I mean, well put, I can't, how do I follow that up? But, uh, I saw him record or, uh, perform this song at, uh, SNL on SNL. I should say I wasn't there, but, uh, Jennifer Lopez, I believe was the host. And he looks like he wears like a padded shirt or he has like these. Yeah. That's from you, a music video. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was in Okay. Cause he to... was wearing that. He was wearing that on SNL as well. Yeah, a shirt that makes him look like he has these like larger muscles. It's like yeah, yeah like, like a super muscle. buff. Right, right. Yeah, that's from um, 
a video from another track of his um, gotcha. that it was in reference to. And okay. yeah, this song, it, it is a, a kind of a straightforward hip hop banger, mm-hmm. but I think it really showcases what makes baby a force to be reckoned with. Um, uh-huh. The beat is simple. There's only a few elements going on. There's this booming and bouncy bass. The way the kind of kick drum like walks up, it's, I don't know, kind of hard to articulate, but when you hear it, you'll know what I mean, where it's just this really like fun kick drum that you know uh changes notes and is really driving and makes you just kind of want to like slam your fist to the ground it's it's it's, it's <laughs> yeah really yeah good. totally um that's kind of like his dance move yeah right it's actually that move is is in the the music video which i'll, I'll talk about for a second it, it, there it's flute dominant um it has you know which is <laughs> right the use, the use of flute has has you know made its way into into hip-hop the last few years definitely um so it ha- it has that vibe going, and it's just a fun, cocky track. It's kind of like a victory lap to the year. DeBaby had, mm. um, you know, another thing about him is he has an extremely expressive face, which makes him great for any kind of visual content. So it's evident in the video for this song, um, nice. which is billed as Bop on Broadway, a hip hop musical. Um, but you can really see that charisma and how just kind of expressive he can be in the visual medium. That video also utilizes the breakdance group, uh, the Jabberwockies. If oh, you remember yeah, yeah, them from totally. back in the day, yeah, they came out. Yeah, they came out during the SNL performance. Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in the video as well. I, I, I read, I saw in an interview, he said like, as far as music video goes, he spent like maybe a half a million dollars on videos this year by himself, huh. and he's not willing to settle for any less. And you know, I think I can attest you know, just as someone who who works in the industry that I I think that money is well spent when you have this type of charisma Mm -hmm. and creativity. I think he just, it lends itself so well to the video medium. And obviously the consumer demand for video content is off the charts right now. Love it. All right. So uh, my number nine, I'm going with BJ, the Chicago kids song, Feel the Vibe. But I'm about to board this plane. I can't wait to see your face and hear you say, come on in, close the door and feel the vibe. So this song is off of his third studio album, 1123, which came out in July. So I actually discovered this song through the uh, Barack Obama 2019 summer playlist. I I had... (laughs) Yeah, so uh, it sounds good and it feels good to say without sarcasm again, thank you, Mr. President, um, because <laughs> I've not said that in a while. But um, I'm, here so, for it. I'm here for it, Rob. <laughs> right. Obama's playlist this summer was really great. And I had heard of, um, uh, you know, BJ, the Chicago kid. Uh, he's He's been around. This is his third album, as I said. And this song, actually, I should have mentioned already, uh, Feel the Vibe is featuring Anderson Pock. So mm-hmm. when I saw that, I love songs featuring Anderson Pock. He just has this like, way of jumping on a track and adding something to it. Mm -hmm. So this was really my first exposure to BJ the Chicago Kid. I listened to the whole album. This is actually the first album on on the, or sorry, the first track on the album. Um, And it just has this like really smooth uh, feeling, just makes you feel good. I don't know. I, it's hard to describe. Like, it's really just this chill, relaxing vibe, but like really great flow and rhythm to the to the vocals yeah. and the way he like rides the beat is just great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of food references in the in the chorus as well. I believe there are. 
cornbread, collard greens, <laughs> right. chicken, maybe some others that I'm missing, but it, it's a very uh, food-centric course. And yeah, yeah I, I really, I dig this track as well. I mean, it's right there in the cool. title, like feel the vibe, like the vibe has been, feel the vibe. The vibe right. been felt. It, it's a vibe song. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely just like a vibe song and creates an atmosphere and a mood. And I just kept coming back to it all, you know, all summer and all fall. Uh, and yeah, I just highly recommend this, uh, this song and this whole album is really good. So yeah, that's BJ, the Chicago kid feel the vibe. Yeah. I, I feel like it's a good song to cruise down on the old 405 or as as they say in your land, Rob, or something. Right. I don't <laughs> right, know if you right. confirm that, but I feel like this is another good, uh, good driving song. And sure, yeah, it has like some nice like DJ scratches, and, yeah, like, dusty drums. Feels like kind of mm-hmm. you know old school in that way. And right. as you said, yeah, Anderson Pock, like he he elevates every song that he's been on. He's kind of totally in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, he has a lot of great material himself, but he's kind of like this really like hired gun that you can just throw on a hook or throw on a verse and yeah it's going to you know definitely it's only going to improve improve the experience so pocket's the man so my number nine um is off i would say probably the most critically acclaimed album of the year and that is this song is called the next best american record by lana del rey Uh. i just want to party with you her album norman effing norman fucking rockwell it's it's the darling of all critical darlings this year it's it's been hailed not only as one of the best of the year but one of the best of the decade i've seen uh the track off that album the greatest on a lot of top 10 lists yeah me too i'm going with this song it's a record i really liked i i you know for me i you know it's not one of my favorite of the decade but i can you know understand in a lot of ways why it's getting that praise Mm -hmm. and for me you know this song why I selected it. It's really all about the course and the way it just drops into the course. So it, it sounds like thunderous, mm-hmm. literally like when it, when it drops, it's a very slow track, you know, ballady as, as most of her material is. Uh-huh. And it's like those dynamics, like it's a very quiet verse and bridge. And then when it does that drop into the chorus, it's just super effective. Hmm. And once you're in the course of this song, it almost sounds like the record is like, moving in like slow motion or quicksand like in it it fits her vocal style really well which right. i understand is polarizing there are a lot of people i know that really cannot stand lana del rey there's a lot of people i know that absolutely yeah. love her right um i can understand both sides to it i mean i, I definitely um dig her more than i don't mm-hmm. and i just think yeah this song kind of really hit kind of a sweet spot of what I'm 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 looking for when I'm you know listening to a Lana Del Rey lining record. up some Lana yeah no and <sighs> I I, I was yeah, considering yeah. yeah I was considering uh the greatest as one of my top 10 and when I saw that you had this song on there I kind of skipped it but yeah I really like this record too and um the whole album is is you know worth listening to obviously and yeah yeah it it's uh you know classic Lana Del Rey in in many ways yeah, just the layering of her vocals, just going back to that chorus. Um, like the drums just sound so big. Everything sounds so full. There's some 
kind of like hip hop production touches in the course um, mm-hmm. as well that are, that are weaved in, you know, like the lyric in the course, like, I just want to party with you. Like hmm. it's when it's like matched with these very dreary vocals of hers, it kind of has like this eerie juxtaposition, um, which I, you know, resonates with me. And it, this is a song about, you know, nostalgia. It's seductive. Mm-hmm. It's ominous in a way as, you know, kind of a lot of this album is, and it's uh, it was good enough to be in my top ten. So love um, it. That is my number nine. Good choice, Rob. What is your number eight? All right, getting to number eight. Uh, another song featuring Anderson Pock. I put these back to back. Just kind of worked well that way. Pock block. Yeah, Pock block. <laughs> well, well said. Um, so this is R N P by YBN Corday featuring Anderson Pac. What the times we're broke. I'm a wed in the summer on the brunches. Front row. Duh, bro. We don't sit on those bleeds. Ain't your pockets obese. They won't fit in those seats. And we like a co-team. Nigga Shaq and Kobe. Like back in 03. I was only like six. I was like 16. But I can give a 16. I can make a bitch scream. That's a bit extreme. I got a thick ball, bitch. I call her Miss Clean. My trip Uh, And this is off of his... Uh, YBN Corday's debut studio album called The Lost Boy, which uh, I believe, not sure when it came out actually. Some point. Yeah, sometime. <laughs> yeah, July. It looks like July it came out. Um, so this song, it's actually, I didn't discover until like a few weeks ago when I started looking at some uh, best songs of the year lists online. Um, and this mm-hmm. song popped up a couple times and I was like, oh, it's featuring Anderson Pac. I should give this a listen. And I just... The very first time I I heard this, I think I was listening on my headphones. I was doing like uh, chores at the house, like cleaning or doing dishes or something. I just immediately started dancing to this song. Like when the beat drops, it's just uncontrollably. Yeah, it's just so good and like undeniable. This beat and and the rhythm of the song, it just it just mm-hmm. gets your body moving. Um, so I I was like, wow, this song is great and. You know, I played it a bunch over the past few weeks, and I, I haven't gotten sick of it. I really love it. Um, yeah. And I, I just highly recommend it to people. Anybody that likes, like, a hip-hop dance song, uh, d- definitely check this out. Um, and the yeah, way that— Yeah, well, it's not— uh, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, as far as, like, yeah, the danceability. I mean, it's not, like, uh, some supercharged, like, no, in the club dance no, song. No, not a club song. But it's more song. of, like, a—I uh, I had down, like— uh, like a strut in the street totally. type of like yes it just makes song you feel where you're just good. like what yeah 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 you're walking with like a limp or something you know yeah, i don't yeah. know it just has like this like strut vibe yeah it's like this I... swagger like uh confident yeah, yeah. sort of uh <clears throat> feeling and just makes you like wanna wanna like bop your shoulders and yeah just feel that's feel your go-to the move the bopping of the shoulders <laughs> uh, I, I, I that's not the classic. first time you've mentioned <laughs> yeah the bopping of the shoulders that's my thing that's my thing unlock the hips bop the shoulders um so yeah and the way that anderson pock and yb and corday just like bounce the beat back and forth to each other in this song is just really amazing and it made me it has this like lively energy to it and it made me think of uh the best black star songs the most and talib kuali uh Mm, dual album from 1998 um, mm-hmm. just some of those songs kind of felt the same as this. Anytime I can compare, you know, somebody to that album, uh, I think it's worth mentioning because that Black Star album is really great. One of my favorite, uh, hip hop albums of all time. So yeah, that's, uh, RNP by 
YBN Corday featuring Anderson Pock. That's my number eight. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the playful back and forth that the two do in the verses of this song is really great. And yeah, yeah Pock, once again, just he elevates everything that he's on. Another song, this this one didn't make my top 10, uh-huh. but he does an amazing hook on is this this track by The Game called Stainless that came out this fall. Oh, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If totally. you heard that, like it is so smooth and again kind of has uh-huh. a similar vibe to these two Pac songs that we've talked about um that yeah it's just it's just really good stuff so all right so my number eight is from a hip-hop boy band i guess i would call them called brock hampton and it's a track called sugar Self-described, I feel like, I think they have gone on record saying like we're a hip-hop boy band in a way. And so Brockhampton, there's 14 members in total of this group. 14. That's wild. Yeah, you can't help, you can't help but get, you know, Wu-Tang vibes just in terms of a large hip-hop crew and collective that have different Uh styles and whatnot. I wouldn't say, you know, sonically there's, you know, a ton in common there, but kind of need to make that comparison when you're dealing with a crew of that size yeah it seems appropriate brock hampton they have developed you know quite a cult following um i'll get to you know why this song made my my top 10 specifically but they're kind of like masters of marketing and branding as well on top of being very talented and Mm. making really smart and cool music um and they've used you know that branding and marketing like they've they've made a huge business off of selling you know merchandise uh in a really you know artist merch in a a lot of unique ways Uh and i think they've 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 used you know marketing branding and merch as as a way to really stand out amongst such a crowded landscape of of hip-hop which is you know the most saturated very smart genre that that we have right now um but you know on top of that they're also really talented and they've had a very prolific decade decade they've put out five albums since 2017 um this track sugar it features vocals from only four members of the group, but you know each has their own style. And I think this song it it showcases the range of tones within within the group. It's very diverse, and I just mm-hmm. I love the directions this song takes. It's it's uber melodic. It's acoustic guitar driven. It's almost more of like an R and B track than than a than a hip hop track. I would say mm. um, the second verse, for example, I, I just really dig how they go from you know, like a rap verse to something very melodic in a way that kind of reminds me of, of Outkast in a way. They actually name drop Outkast on it. So I don't think that, oh, that's nice. like some revelation, you know, like, I, but it, it does, it does sound that way. And I really like how, you know, this song, it releases into the bridge um, from a member, Kevin Abstract, who's had, who's definitely had a successful uh, solo career. He's kind of the most well-known member of the group. He has this, like, this really great melody, just I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sing it. Um, but you know, it's like back and forth. It's just really smooth. It's the song's peak. And yeah, this is one like even I think it. You can sing it if you want. Uh, we'll we'll play that. We'll. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So it has like crossover appeal too. Like I would say, even if you're not necessarily a fan of the hip hop genre, this is something that you'll you'll probably dig. Um, it's it's just again love, yeah, love the directions, the arrangement. 
um, the showcases of the four members involved. And yeah, they're, they're a really unique, um, they have a unique place in, you know, in, in the hip hop world, I would say, and, and have done a lot of cool things. That's so, cool. I'm excited to see where they go in the future. Yeah, definitely. So that is my number eight sugar by Brockhampton. Um, Rob, what is your number seven? All right. Number seven, getting down to it. Um, I'm going to go with the song off of the new Black Keys album called Breaking Down, and the album is called Let's Rock. Let's Rock. So this song, Breaking Down, um, it was actually apparently the first idea they had when when the Black Keys sat down to to start this record. They were like, uh, you know, just kind of felt inspired to start writing this song in particular. Um, and this this album came out back in June. Um, it's their first, the Black Keys' first album since 2014's Turn Blue. And the Black Keys were one of my favorite uh, artists of the decade and of the 2000s. Uh, they had this is actually their ninth studio album, uh, but their first in a while, as I said. Um, so I just really like this album. It's a kind of return to classic Black Keys sound. Um, what's his name? That's uh, Dan Auerbach and Patrick Carney. Uh, what's Patrick Carney? Yeah, are the two the two uh, members of the Black Keys? Just a two person group. They said it's sort of a return or like a throwback to uh, electric guitar, an homage to electric guitar is the mm-hmm. quote uh, that Patrick Carney said. And yeah, this this song in particular, uh, it just feels a little bit different than like some other Black Keys work in the past. Like I know this album is sort of a re- return, like I said, but um, this song just feels a little bit like slowed down, um, a little bit more of like a melodic uh, singing style from Dan Auerbach. And yeah, I just really love it. And it also features uh, Dan playing uh, one of, I don't know this person, but Vinnie Bell's uh, famous electric sitar guitars in the intro and outro. And I I love the way the the sitar like starts out and then it like drops into this funky electric guitar, like classic Black Keys guitar sound. Um, So I just really like the way that sort of juxtaposes and starts the song and finishes it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the Black Keys are just definitely one of my favorite rock bands of, you know, the past 15-plus years, and I wanted to make mention of this album, uh, Let's Rock, and this was my favorite favorite track on the album. For sure. So my number seven is a song called Take Two by an artist called After the Party. It's a take- I discovered this one, I believe it was on the Fresh Finds playlist on Spotify. Okay. And it just immediately stopped me in my track. So <laughs> nice. After the party is a solo artist. He's based, I believe, in upstate New York, has a rather cryptic digital presence, couldn't find much info about him. But this song, Take Two, to me, like, redefines the word chill. 
Huh. Like the amount of chill this song possesses is almost like overwhelming. Hmm. Like it's an avalanche of chill. <laughs> so Love it. everything is so soft and lo-fi and minimalistic in this song. I love the tone of the keys. There's this ambient static happening in the background that huh. it almost sounds like a a steady rain in a way, which is very huh. calming. Yeah, I like that. And the vocals just float with confidence. Like it sounds like he's he's in the room like whispering in your ear in a way. Yeah. And there's some there's some like rap ad libs that he does that gives this song, you know, kind of an R and B and hip hop vibe at times. Hmm. There it features the lyric, uh, labels want me more than my girl do, which I think is quite a flex. Yeah. Um I believe he's completely independent, so I'm sure he's, you know, um had a lot of uh, label attention, both on the major and indie side, inquiring about what he's up to, trying to sign sure. him. And yeah, this is the least known artist on my top 10 list, um, but definitely wanted to give it some love. You know, throw this on, dim some lights, light some candles, have a glass of red wine, and just nice. let it let it wash over you. Speak Take my language. after the party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Good one. Um, so on to number six, I am going to go with the, uh, breakout smash hit from Sharon Van Etten called 17. So this song is off of her album, Remind Me Tomorrow. Um, and it just became, well, actually, so I I saw Sharon Van Etten open for Bon Iver in September at the Forum. And so I, I you know, wanted to listen to her her discography, basically, to get ready for the, the concert. You know, I like to know what I'm going to see. And I hadn't really listened to much of her music before. And uh, I listened to this entire album, Remind Me Tomorrow, and this song, um, you know, 17, uh, really stuck out to me as like this great, great track. And it became, you know, a huge hit this year and is considered one of the the best songs, like sort of universally on a lot of these lists. Um, mm-hmm. So, and the performance she gave in the concert was really great. I really, I really uh, liked her sound live and, you know, she put on a really good show. Uh, so yeah, I, I just wanted to, I, it's a song about sort of adolescence and being 17 and, uh, sort of the faults that you can have and recover from. And I, I, you know, I don't want to look too, uh, it's sort of open for interpretation the way you read the lyrics, but, um, yeah, it's just a really great song. And, uh, Sharon Van Etten's a new, new to me, exciting artist that I'm going to definitely follow as she continues on her career. Yeah, I like this track a lot as well. I feel like she's been around for a bit, no? I don't know. She has I, been, I, yeah. yeah. No, it's like one of those things, I, I just love when I discover an artist that's like really well established, but is new to me and sure, just sure. has been like, you know, off of my radar personally. And yeah, yeah. so it just feels like exciting to like, oh, I can go back and listen to these other albums and she has a lot of work. And totally. yeah, so that was that was Sharon Van Etten for me this year. Yeah, yeah. And I think this song, it has like a nice build to it with like the drums and everything and um yeah definitely definitely a really good artist so my number six is 
an artist we both freaking love. Um, <laughs> and that is Tame Impala. The track oh, is yeah. called It Might Be Time. Nice. Tame Impala, one of the best, if not the best rock bands, if you want to call him or them that, um, of the decade. I feel like Tame Impala just has such a high approval rating. Like, do you know anyone? Have you ever come across anyone that, like, dislikes Tame Impala? Like, I don't I, think I don't know. so. I, just, right, I mean, I, just, I don't go around asking people that in particular, but uh, <laughs> that's it seems like, like my everybody conversation loves starter. Them. Whenever <laughs> right. I meet anyone, I'm like, hey, do you like Tame Impala? Um, but really, the high the approval rating is is, I feel like at a at a hundred percent level. And one of the things I, I, I just love about them is the emphasis on production. So Kevin Parker, who is Tame Paula, he obviously tours with the full band, but he writes, records, performs, and produces all the music. He just puts so much into the production of his records. And I think Tame Paula is really just like a Marvel and rock production more than than anything else. You know, he spends a lot of time in the studio. I mean, when you think about the space in between albums, so their last LP, Currents, which was, you know, on both of our top 20 oh, yeah. of the decade Number list. Number four for me. That came out nearly five years ago. Uh, so he's he's been busy in the studio since then, but hasn't put much out until this year. Um, and this was the third single off their upcoming album, The Slow Rush, which is uh, due out next year. And you can really hear the production detail on a record like It Might Be Time. And this track, it's it, it's grown on me. The first time I heard it, I was kind of like, meh, pretty good. And then I yeah. threw on a pair of noise-canceling headphones, <laughs> as, as we're both do. big advocates for. Sure. And I was like, wow, this song freaking rocks. So the highlight for me is kind of this, <laughs> I've written down, like industrial howling buzzsaw of a synthesizer okay. that comes uh-huh. in as the hook like how it changes frequencies like it gets so high pitched hmm. it's simply badass i, I there's yeah. no other better way to describe it and the song it you know it builds nicely and becomes this like charging booming rock song when the synthesizer hits hmm. and the structure is interesting and has kind of these unconventional breaks in the music that add a nice dynamic layer to it like the that. production on the drums um like just the amount of reverb on the snare you know this shit like slaps and attacks like your ears in a good way <laughs> and it's it's psychedelic uh as a lot of tame impala stuff has been um going back to currents it has those trademark vocal effects that make kevin parker sound like He's like floating through a space-time continuum. I don't know what it is, but that's a good way. To it's put a it. very distinct aspect of their music. I have written down that Tame Impala is like the sonic equivalent to a kaleidoscope. Okay. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it yeah, felt I get right that. To me when I put yeah, it down. totally. Yeah. And I can buy that. Yeah. As I said, Rob, you and I are, are I guess, noise canceling headphone <laughs> snobs, advocates for sure. Advocate snobs, you know, pick, you know, pick <laughs> yeah, your uh, yeah. descriptor. And if there's any song on my list that deserves it, de- that demands to be listened to with noise canceling headphones, it's this one. It just, yeah. I think it really brings out all the texture that um, Kevin Parker applies in his production. It's, it's nice. just really evident in this song. And 
I will, yeah, also just say, I feel like the title of this track, It Might Be Time, mm-hmm. is kind of like this meta commentary on like, it might be time to finally release, release my next this album because it's, right. been, it's been <laughs> nearly five years. Yeah. You know, 2015's current, I mean, as I said, one of the best of the decade. It's long overdue. Agreed. It's, it's very unconventional to take, especially nowadays, like just to take that long between albums yeah. in this era of just high volume content output. Mm -hmm. You know, he's one of the few rock artists that can get away with it because he has such an established fan base. And, you know, they, Tame Impala, you know, they freaking headlined at Coachella the other year. Like they're a pretty massive touring band. They're huge, right. And just when you think of this increasing trend of artists constantly putting out music at, you know, such an increasing volume, you know, for a number of reasons, the music industry has become much more driven by singles this decade rather than albums. I feel like Tame Impala, like, they're just on their own track and he clear mm-hmm. clearly still values the art of the album and the sequencing and the artwork and you notice everything that goes into the art of the album and i will say like he can you know a lot of you know artists that are really trying to prove themselves and develop can't necessarily afford to take those longer breaks in between putting out music yeah but he can and i think it pays off with just the quality of the music that he does release so this will be i assume off his the new album slow rush which has been announced and will be out in 2020 hopefully i imagine probably early 2020 so yeah do you know when it is do be doing i think it's early. like i don't think there's been an exact release date. okay um, i, I thought there i saw has, a but february I, I imagine, somewhere but I, that could be wrong don't quote me on that yeah he's released four singles this year yeah um that will be on that album and i can see him maybe dropping one more but then yeah. I think the album you know should be here so i would look for it definitely in q1 of, of next year so okay. well you might it might you be might time. hear about one of those other singles in a little bit here oh yeah well you I'm will excited. <laughs> so what is your what is your number five um so my number five is a boney Vare song so following up with uh sharon vanette and i saw opening for boney Vare. Um, I'm going with a Bon Iver track off of their fourth slash fifth studio album, if you include the uh, Blood Bank uh, four-track EP. Um, so this is the I.I. album, which came out in August, and the track that I chose is called I, My. Yeah, so I could have chosen a number of songs off of this album. I really like it. It's not it's not my favorite Bon Iver album, but it's still really strong and and I listened to it a lot this year and I loved it. Um and you know, so other songs like Faith, Hey Ma, Naeem, Gelmore, like this song is or this album's kind of full of like good songs. Um but this one in particular just kind of stood out to me. It's the second uh, second song on the album, really the first, because the the intro track is this like thirty second little intro sound thing. Um, but this song just really like kicks off the album with this like progressive, you know, uh, Bon Iver is like sort of chamber folk music. He's often been described as, or, or they have, uh, you know, Justin Vernon, the lead singer and and main main sort of writer and producer of these these albums. Um, but this this song in particular just it's a nice way to kick off the album sounds like sort of something new from from them and has this like sort of technological uh like 
high level of production. Like there's just a lot that went into the creation and molding of this track. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently it was worked on for like months at a time or months uh, as a whole and like passed back and forth between a number of producers and artists and, you know, songwriters and people like contributed like a little, a little track here and there just to add to it or like, spice it up and then apparently this one person that i'm i'm totally blanking on i need to watch i watched this youtube video about this song a while back um just kind of like came in and did some cleaning up of the sound and figured out what uh, justin vernon was trying to achieve with it and was able to like finally mix it together um so yeah it's just a really interesting listen and has a lot going on um it's just a really really cool track from bon Iver. Yeah, I knew there would be a, a Boney of Air selection sure. on this for you. You did put uh, his self-titled album as your number, number one, one album of the decade. I did. It was in my, I want to say for me, it was it was in my 10 through 20. It was yeah. I don't know, around like 14 or so. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a big fan as well. And like Tame Impala, someone who clearly puts so much into the production and arrangement of the, of the music. Right. I feel like Boney Berry has become like an expert collaborator. Definitely. Um, you know, this decade he's really, you know, it's been well documented how much he's worked with Kanye, for example, on yeah. a lot of his work earlier this decade. And he's featured a lot on songs and it's, it's almost yeah. like he's, he doesn't need the recognition of being a feature. It's just he he like lays down one little line in the hook or in the chorus, and uh, his voice is just so dynamic and sort of malleable with different technologies and stuff. And that's kind of the basis of Bon Iver is mm-hmm. is manipulating sounds. Um, mm-hmm. and and this song is like a great uh does a great job encompassing that idea. So my number five is a track called Sleepwalkin' by Better Oblivion Community Center. Why don't you stay If you're gonna leave your car here anyway Spend another summer Shit talking This is a duo of Kano Oberst, who most well-known for Bright Eyes, and Phoebe Bridgers, who's a really talented singer-songwriter. It's their uh, their group as a duo, and this is their debut album. And what I really love about the song, you know, one, it, it sounds like everything was recorded just live in the room together, so I dig how kind of raw and unpolished and rough around the edges it is. And I just think the pairing of the vocals of Kano Burst and Phoebe Bridgers. It just works really well together. Like the way they harmonize in the chorus here, two very distinct voices that just blend well together. Uh, Kano Burst, he has that signature vocal sound. Like that sounds like he's like gargling water. I don't know. It's, a, but it, it's, it, I've always really liked his voice. It sounds I mean, like me I right now. Bright eyes, you know, in, in high school. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The intro of this song, one thing, it, it, it does interesting things with like the tempo. Um, so it has this, and it, I think it gives it this dynamic energy where um, the intro starts with like this burst of sound with uh, Oberst like counting in and then it slows down into the verses. The melody in the verses almost feels, it's like a lullaby type melody. And then the tempo hmm. naturally pick picks back up into the course and then slows back nice. down in the verses. And, you know, in, in the course has kind of this, you know, charging drums and, and, you know, distorted guitar. The lyrics are very 
unique and specific. Um, for example, Conoburst in his verse says another blissed out fantasy where animals and objects talk to me. You know, huh. uh, do you? I hope things are all right. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, Phoebe Bridgers has a song, or has a sorry, a lyric that says, "You like beer and chocolate. I like setting off those bottle rockets." You know, that spoke to me. Like, I like beer and chocolate. I don't know. Sure. That was, that was a, a nice shout out. And Again, yeah, I just think this song is, uh, it's a really good just indie rock tune. And I just love the way um, these two were able to collaborate and just harmonize and, and kind of just colliding their, their two uh, styles of songwriting together to make a really nice. strong, uh, consistent album which is out now. So that is my number five sleepwalking better oblivion community center. Cool. We're in the top four range. Rob, top what is four. Number four. All right. So, uh, I'm going with a song off of anima, which is Tom York's third studio album as a solo artist. Obviously Tom York is the lead singer of Radiohead. And this song that I chose is called Dawn chorus. I chose this track off of uh, Anima. It is my favorite on the album, which I I really enjoyed. Um, You know, there's a few tracks on it that are, to me, a little, like, hard to listen to. You know, Tom York's style is is one of one, one, you know? Uh, He's quite unique and kind of goes without saying. Mileage can vary at times, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's not for everybody. Um, But this song has a sort of uh, different vibe to it it's a little more slowed down a little more romantic feeling um and i just i just like the atmosphere that it creates and it's really to me pleasing to listen to and i listen to it a lot like at night on the way home on drives it's just kind of soothing and mellow um and i wanted to mention also obviously the uh paul thomas anderson anima three-part like 15 minute music video three song music video that came out on netflix earlier this year uh paul thomas anderson directed it darius kanji shot it one of my favorite uh cinematographers um and this is the third song of three on that music video and it's it's my favorite sequence in the in the video <clears throat> it's just like a beautiful you know sort of romantic conclusion to this arc of the story within the video and uh very fitting to the you know the the vibe and and feeling of the song and yeah i just really love this song i i believe you told me it was your favorite off this album as well and kind of the standout track to me from from uh anima so yeah that's uh my yeah. number four what do you think the about song, this song it's a like a wall of sound <laughs> yeah like. yeah it just like envelops you it's very ambient there's no percussion or drums i believe it's essentially just like two notes um and the vocals are kind of just like spoken word he's not really uh singing Mm -hmm. necessarily a melody yeah i think there's like a very you know personal song to him i think it has a great transition on the album into the following track of uh the next song is called i am a i am a very rude person (laughs) um 
And that song yeah. has, I mean, call it upbeat is kind of bizarre, but it actually, you know, it has has percussion and moves a little bit more. Uh-huh. But I feel like, do you own the vinyl to this? I feel like this was like... No, a, I don't. Um, I considered buying it, but, uh, you know, I'm in grad school, so I've kind of cut down on my, right, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, purchases. Uh, so, no, I don't. <laughs> but I've listened to it quite a bit. But eventually, yeah. Yeah, right, right. So, yeah, I mean, Tom York, Radiohead, I mean, he's he's a god, so I'm glad he was he was on one of our lists. Yeah. My number four is a track called Ashamed by Omar Apollo. <laughs> is it coming, is it going, talk too much, make me really want to go through, huh? This song is Prince. This song is Hmm. Prince reincarnated. And I don't say that lightly, but it's impossible not to make that comparison when when listening to this song, Ashamed. It is the opening track off his EP called Friends. And just like the vocal range in this song, where in like the first half of the verse, he goes into like, he screams, like, but very like pleasantly. And then collapses into like this crunchy, low, robotic style of vocals, uh-huh. and then it and then it releases into this chorus, and the chorus becomes like super smooth and jazzy, and he's got his falsetto vocals, and then it goes back into this verse. I feel like it just has very, you know, distinct sections of this song. It's just great songwriting. Uh, those two verses, in my opinion, are like the vocal performance of the year. Huh. I love the funky guitar in the verse. There's like a use of, of wah pedal, which you don't hear too much these days, which I appreciated. No. Throwback. And, you know, if you're unfamiliar with Omar Apollo, you know, he's of, uh, you know, Mexican descent. Um, I, I discovered him actually when I was working at AWOL. He was an artist that, that we signed and he's he's built a lot of buzz this year. And I think he's... He's a breath of fresh air as an artist in 2019. I think has that intangible it factor that um, you kind of look for when, when artists are gaining certain traction and you're trying to gauge, you know, where there will be a few years from now. And I think he's one that's going to be around for a while. So if Omar Apollo was a stock, I would I would buy, <laughs> buy into a that stock right buy now low. because I think he's going to have a long career. And this track, Ashamed, I mean, again, yeah, the verses are just freaking Prince is one of my all-time favorites, and you know I know it can it can be blasphemy to compare hmm. you know songs to to a legend like that, but really, man, the the vocal per, uh, performance in this song, I can't help but make that comparison. So definitely check this one out if if you haven't um, to any of our listeners. It's 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 truly a great jam. Cool, that's a great choice. I I can't really uh, add to what you've said. You kind of nailed it. So. All right, so getting into our top three, uh, these are, you know, uh, arbitrary rankings in a way, but uh, I felt like these three songs to me just uh, had to sort of, or sort of encapsulated the the year for me and my favorite tracks. Um, so number three, I'm going with Tame Impala's 
I believe it was the first solo or first uh, single coming off of this new album, Slow Rush, and it's called Borderline. It was the second. Oh, okay. It was after the song Patience. Oh, right, right, right. But yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, so second second single (laughs) off of their new album and which hasn't been released yet, but this song is called Borderline. Yeah, Tame Impala, you kind of nailed it with Kevin Parker, Australian psychedelic alternative rock band. Uh, Kevin Parker is like the the brains and, and you know, everything behind the band. Uh, but I, you know, like you said about Currents, I can't really can't really go anywhere else with that. But that was one of my favorite albums uh, of the decade. And Lonerism is also a great album that came out in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just love this band. And this song, Borderline, um it just it just rocks like it's a fun song i i love it honestly i listened to it so many times um throughout the year i can't really uh remember like a week that i didn't listen to it um and it's been out for a while like i i'm trying to remember when it came out Since like the spring i want to say yeah i just kept coming back to it uh, it's my favorite of the singles that have come out, so it just felt appropriate to include it on this list and pretty high, highly ranked just because of, you know, how frequently I came back to it. Um, and yeah, so it's honestly like probably in my top five or six favorite Tame Impala songs, which is actually saying a lot because, you know, Currents had a bunch of hits on it and Lonerism has a few. And yeah, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to this upcoming album to see what direction the other tracks go in. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be some surprises in there and just to see, like you said, uh, definitely an, uh, an artist and a, a band that, uh, you know, appreciates the, the album as an art form and the way that the track listing is chosen is carefully thought out. So yeah, I'm excited to see where borderline uh, fits into the the new album coming out next year. Yeah, I love the the bass line in this song. I saw, I think, I believe he performed it on SNL uh, before it was mm. released. Um, along with oh, along I didn't see Patience, that, and I, I was hooked from. I have to go back and watch that. And then once it was, yeah, you know, officially released, um, you know, I loved the the master recording and. It's I, I really like the kind of extended outro that fades out in this song. You can kind of feel the emotion and anxiety in his vocals, something that as great as Tim Impala is sometimes, you know, like um, it doesn't always come through in their music, like that kind of like raw sure. emotion. And I feel like this is an example. Yeah, of that's that. fair. And uh-huh. yeah, I, I, I love this track as well. That was this and it might be time, which was in my top 10 are definitely mm-hmm. um, my two favorite of the four singles that he released this year. And again, yeah, just so, so jacked for, uh, the slow rush to come out, come <laughs> yeah, out me next too. year. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, that's my number three. Where, where are you going with number three? I'm going with Juice by Lizzo. Woo! Baby, so is you, that's how I roll. If I'm shining, everybody gonna shine. Yeah, I was born like this, don't even gotta try. I like shot and make it better over time. I'm not the baddest bitch you like. <laughs> it ain't my fault that I'm out here getting loose. Gotta blame it 
this song is just it's pop perfection i it's omnipresent yes and the song is everywhere right it is okay uh, i don't even know where to begin here so this song the arrangement the instrumentation the production it's all operating at a hundred it could not be any better basically and i think this song for as much as kind of going on um you know with the horns and guitar and, and vocals and just a lot a lot's happening sonically in your ears when you're listening to this. I think if you were still to strip this song down to just like vocals and piano, it'd be a really great track, which mm-hmm. is always um, a very telling sign of any song that, that, you know, is truly well-written. Yeah. It's just, this song is just very like, it's celebratory. Um, it sounds like something from like almost like the 1970s. I want to say like, you know, a lost like Stevie mm. Wonder track in a way. It's like this big. Yeah, totally. And the music video with like the uh, jazzercise outfits and the neon colors oh, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's very I mean, fitting. she's a master at visual branding as well. Kind of like when we were talking about the baby earlier. Um, uh-huh. It's like this, this song Juice is, is like a big band wedding song in the best way. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, to that point about like wedding songs. So, you know, this summer I had to, uh, you know, wedding party experiences, was in two uh-huh. weddings, my my brothers and, you know, my good pal Jeff, shout out to both of them. Yeah, um, And at both occasions, while, you know, before we were taking photos with all the wedding party and, you know, the, the, those hours leading up to the ceremony and reception, uh-huh. um, I, of course, brought my little, like, you know, portable, like, Bose speaker, had a playlist going. <laughs> sure. And I specifically remember putting this song on and it just elevated everyone's mood not that i mean no one was in a bad mood obviously it's like a wedding day and everyone's having a good time but i feel like it just got everyone loose you know in like dancing and i even like had like specifically people tell me like afterwards like yo thank you for putting on juice by lizzo like it kind of calmed my nerves like you know or this was in it was very telling i just think like the danceability of this song uh-huh. you know rob you and i we've been known to, to cut up a dance floor whether it was sure. in our our living room during our house parties in college or yeah. at, you know wedding receptions or where have <laughs> you and i've played this song for maybe like a hundred different people this year and every uh-huh. single person digs it it's undeniable it applies across generations yeah i was gonna say it's, it's like definitely a cross-generational hit yeah i mean gen z millennials gen x baby boomers the elderly i you know yeah. it, it's it's seriously like if you are alive you will dig <laughs> this elderly. song yeah and it's it, i will say um her biggest song of the year was truth hurts right and i i do not to pat myself on the back but i do want to call out that that's truth hurts kind of had an interesting trajectory as a hit where that song came out a few years ago if you remember yeah. i actually had it in my top 10 songs of 2017 2017 but, i was gonna say i was we i actually joked with natalie a lot this year that uh like we discovered lizzo <laughs> no, we kidding. broke lizzo no yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well yeah she i yeah i you know i i, I known about her for a few years this was obviously yeah. the year you know she became huge and this was the year that truth hurts became a smash hit right if you want to hear all my thoughts on the song truth hurts and i have many you can listen to our our best songs of 2017 pod sure but yeah i just thought that was interesting that you know I, and you've seen that happen with um 
a lot of different songs the past few years of yeah. ones that are maybe a few years old and for whatever reason, um, you know, yeah, it just become, finds like the you know the the time and place for the culture and resonates uh, in a certain moment. Yeah, yeah, and it, it it was Lizzo's year. I mean, we talk about DaBaby having one of the biggest years as a male hip hop star. I think Lizzo definitely had the biggest of any female, and I would I, no along doubt. with like Megan Megan The Stallion, um, who I who I really dug as well. Um, but Lizzo, yeah, I mean, she's she's just awesome in so many ways. And this song, Juice, I mean, it will be played at my wedding. Rob, I'm sure it'll <laughs> yeah. be played at your wedding. Sure. It'll be played at my funeral. I don't know. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's just awesome. And I um, can't say enough good things about it. So, good choice. all right. All We're right. getting down to the nitty gritty. Two more right. left. Rob, Top what's two. your number two? Number two, I'm going with Bury a Friend by Billie Eilish off of her album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Listen. Keep you in the dark. What had you expected? Me to make you my art and make you a star and get you connected. I'll meet you in the park. I'll be coming collected. From the start, that you fall apart because I'm too expensive. You talk about something that shouldn't be. Billie Eilish, uh, she is 17 years old, going on 18. She turns 18 uh, on December 18th, so very soon. Um, pretty incredible that an, uh, an artist this young has this sort of like cultural impact and following. She just kind of blew up this year, and you know, it, she's clearly uh you know resonates hugely with like high schoolers and college age people um yeah younger generation yeah so it's nice to feel like part of the youth movement every now and then as we you know enter our 30s and uh you know remember back on when we felt like we were at the at the <laughs> we were that cutting demo. edge of a new artist you know yeah. but i really like this album when we all fall asleep where do we go and it's actually uh that line is in this song it's in the in the chorus of this song um bury a friend um so it seems kind of fitting like maybe it's maybe it stood out to her as as like the you know centerpiece or something yeah centerpiece or like most encapsulating the the feeling that she wanted for the album or whatever i don't know the the reason behind that but i just think it's like a really unique sounding track and really haunting and like when i listened to the album for the first time it it struck me as like by far the best song um Mm -hmm. i mean there are other obviously bad guy was like the biggest hit of the year for her and one of the biggest songs of the year on all the charts but um this one i liked more um and yeah i think she's just a really talented new artist that's you know gonna do interesting things in the future and you know she's not for everybody not everybody's cup of tea like she has an interesting vibe (laughs) and like uh wears some interesting stuff and uh you know she's she wears her personality on her sleeve yeah it's part of her this is who i am and i don't give an f if you don't like it i mean it's like she is the the future i mean whether or yeah. not you like it i mean old, <laughs> sure. a lot of older people like hate her and as you said the younger generation absolutely idolizes her right you know the music I, i'm pro you know billy eilish i can understand you know certain critiques of hers but you know the music she's making it's it's dark it's weird it's, it's distinct cool. like yeah. i'm here for it but it's also like 
I mean, you saw the numbers that it did this year was yeah. just insanely successful. Yeah. You know, Billie Eilish, I think she definitely owes a lot to Lord, who's yes. definitely one of my favorite artists of this decade in no terms doubt. of her aesthetic, um, you know, both sonically in the production and also in just her branding aesthetic and mm-hmm. the darkness and everything. I, I feel like she's kind of filling a bit of a void in Lord's absence, but um, nevertheless is, is just an absolute force to be reckoned with. And she's an example of how in 2019, like an artist's, like their branding, their personality, their fashion style can be just as important, if not more important than the actual music. And hey, that is what it is. I can understand people getting very cynical about that. But <laughs> yeah, you know, it's looking at the whole package of an artist. Um, in this song, yeah, Bury a Friend, I'm definitely a fan. I like the the opening. Yeah. Just like how the way it opens. I believe the drum pattern is basically deriving from that Marilyn Manson track, the beautiful people, which is also used in Kanye's black skinhead Uh um, is something that I, you know, picked up on her vocals, you know, the ASMR, which has become this phenomenon. She definitely uh, really utilizes that that. and is kind of, in a lot of ways popularized it. And I think it, it fits her style well, but she does have a good voice, like beyond all the, the tricks and, you know, hiding behind effects and stuff. Like she has a good voice and she's a good singer. And uh, yeah, so like the the juxtaposition of that mixed with the production elements and the way that she she like constructs songs, especially this one, it's just, I don't know, it makes for a a new interesting sound. Yeah, and if I were to predict like who will be, you know, a defining artist in this next decade of the 2020s, Mm -hmm. you know, Billie Eilish, she there. has to be a top contender. Yeah. Um, you know, I mentioned like buying stock and someone like Omar Apollo. I mean, Billie Eilish, like, I mean, she could very well be the biggest artist of the next 10 years. Yeah. Um, I think she has, you know, for a variety of reasons, um, just has not to talk to her, talk about her as like she's a stock or anything, but like <laughs> has so much value and, yeah. you know, um, is, is the future probably more than any other artist on the planet i would uh-huh. say uh-huh. um and you know again i can understand some of her critiques but i think as a whole um and what she's done this year and you know just the fan base that she's cultivated yeah um that you know the the success numbers wise what she's done on streaming platforms and the uh-huh. charts and you know uh, video views and performances and social media and just yeah. all of it i mean she is really an absolute force yeah and she makes you know interesting cool music yeah exactly so she's from la uh this writes everything with her her brother um this guy uh phineas um they basically i didn't know that those two like this entire album was just the two of them oh yeah i see that phineas o'connell and handled a lot of the production yeah yeah and that's her brother so yeah that that's kind of cool that it has kind of you know, something that was made, I believe, like in their parents, <laughs> one of their rooms in their parents' place, right. went on to become this worldwide phenomenon. That's so. really cool. That's a cool story. Yeah, and this song came out in January as a single off this album, and the album came out March 29th. So it's been around all year and just uh, kind of undeniable as a, a huge part of the, the musical landscape this year. Totally. So yeah, let's get into your number two. So my number two is... A song called I'll Come To by James Blake. Nice. I'm gonna say what I need. 
So this was my, I would say, my first favorite song of 2019. It's off his album uh, Assumed Form, which we did a, yeah. we talked about on the pod earlier earlier this year. I think, yeah, this song, it feels both like new and old fashioned. And that comes from both, you know, the mel- melody and the strings and the sample that it uses, um, which kind of brings that, that old fashioned vibe. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, has that electronic drums that Blake is so, you know, uh, well-known for in his music i somehow get like i don't know frank sinatra vibes in the melody huh. of this song like combined with these like haunting background vocals it's a sample from this song by uh bruno nicolai called la contessa in in contro mm-hmm. and that sample like it could turn even the coldest hearts into like romantics i feel like it's just <laughs> And the song, it's the fa- the sample is the foundation of this entire track. It definitely owes a ton to that sample, but I think Blake uses it really well. So you basically like take that sample and combine it with Blake's you know signature electronic flourishes, those miniature electronic drums. He has you know his heavy use of like falsetto vocals as he usually does. It's just so elegant. I feel like this song, it's very cinematic sounding, which really speaks our language. It's, uh, you know, romantic as hell. I, you know, hope it's not about stalking, though. I know there is the lyric, um, for example, that's like, oh, you're going to New York. I'm going there. Why can't I come with you? Oh, you've changed to L.A. I'm going there. I can go there, too. Like, on paper, he's stalking. (laughs) Some weird Um, stuff, James. I want to say it's it's more, you know, of a song about his lover and romance. So, um, Uh but... Yeah, I don't know. I have I've written down like this track makes me want to stare out the window of an airplane, like watching the rain. <laughs> love it. I don't know. That's 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 what I have. So yeah, yeah. Just I a, mean, I just love James beat. Blake. Yeah, it's a great choice, and uh, I I considered one of one of the songs in this one mostly as uh, another of my top ten. But uh, since you had it, I I did not go with it. But yeah, really really cool album. And James Blake. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it earlier, earlier this year. Just. Uh, one of the great feature artists, like we said about Anderson Puck. Uh, you know, they're both great solo artists as well, but they, they do a lot with other artists and uh, yeah, collaborators. collaborations. Yeah. So we're down to our one of one. Rob, what is your, your number one song of 2019? So I'm going with the song Middle Child by J. Cole. That's my next mission. That's why I can't quit. Just like LeBron, get my niggas more chips. Just put the rollie right back on my wrist. This watch came from Drizzy. He gave me a gift. Back when the rap game was praying, I dissed. To act like two legends cannot coexist. But I never beef with a nigga for nothing. If I smoke a rapper, it's gonna be legit. It won't be for clout. It won't be for fame. It won't be because my shit ain't selling the same. It won't be to sell you my latest little sneakers. It won't be because some niggas slid in my lane. Everything grows. It's destined to change. I love you little niggas, I'm glad that you came. And this song is basically a single released on January 23rd. Um, and it, it did eventually end up on the album Revenge of the Dreamers 3, uh, which came out under the, the Dreamville Rock Nation Interscope labels, um, sort of this compilation album of different artists. Yeah. Uh, but this song, uh, Middle Child, it's it's my favorite rap song of the year, favorite hip hop uh, you know, offering from any artist and I love J. Cole. Uh, I loved KOD last year, one of my favorite albums of last year and um, apparently this song was basically, you know, formed, written, 
recorded, created in one day. Um, I, I read that mm. and I, I just think that's remarkable. Like it's such a good song. I, the very first time I listened to it, it was like very, I think it was in February. I literally made a best songs of 2019 playlist on my Spotify with this song, like starting that playlist. So it, it yeah, felt appropriate. It catalyst to the yeah, world. exactly. It felt appropriate to just make it my number one. You know, it's, it's uh, hard to decide what's the top song of the year for you, but yeah, I just went with this for that reason. Um, and J Cole, his voice is incredible. The cadence and rhythm to his rapping on this song just sounds so effortless. It's almost like mellow, mm-hmm. um, but at, at the same time, it's very complex. And the lyrics are all, you know, thought provoking and well constructed. And but it's also like a just certified banger at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And it just gets me hyped like every time I listen to it. And I honestly haven't gone probably like more than three days consecutively without listening to this song throughout the whole year. Um, I just can't really get it off my mind. And you I can't quit this. You can't quit middle chap. I know. And it's, I haven't gotten sick of it. I enjoy it every time I have been showing it to other people and people all seem to like it. You know, um, it's, it's not like necessarily a huge like chart hit or whatever. Well, it is but, actually, uh, I, I mean, at oh, least on, on okay. well, I was going to say on, you know, Spotify, uh-huh. it's been like an absolute smash. I think it's, it's around four, 470 million streams on Spotify. Okay. So I'm not alone in listening to this. Yeah, no, no, no. This was, this, a, this was a bit, I mean, you know, J. Cole is, you know, yeah. become a huge artist and right. But this song has done numbers on, uh, you know, all the streaming services. And yeah, yeah, I remember, you know, Spotify. Yeah, it's it's close to half a billion. So, okay, well, ignore Uh, what I said. I don't really (laughs) keep up with Billboard and stuff. It's currently in my life. It's not on my radar. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, this song, you know, uh, 2014 Forest Hills Drive was my number seven album of of the decade. And, Mm -hmm. you know, KOD, as I said, and. Um, I just think he had like one of the best rap decades and he's, he's arguably like my favorite rapper that's making new music right now. Um, I just love everything about his, his style and his voice. Um, and yeah, this was a song that I, as I said, listened to a ton and it was actually like one that I would listen to on the way to school a lot in the morning. Cause I'd be like groggy and tired and needing to wake up. And it just always like lifted me up and gave me this boost of energy and like, you know, ready to, ready to seize the day. And, uh, yeah, it's just a really great track. And yeah, that's middle child from J Cole going with my number one of 2019. All right. So my number one, here we go. I don't Let's think this will it. be a, a shock to you, Rob. And uh-huh. it's yeah. So it is this life by vampire weekend. So no, not a shock. <laughs> I've been cheating on, cheating on you You've been cheating on me But I've been cheating through this life So, I mean, Father of the Bride, it's it's my favorite album of the year and, and this is kind of the quintessential song off that album Alright, so 
let me just break down the song for a second. So, I mean, you, you hear the intro with the guitars, you'll immediately think, oh, this is kind of like a, you know, brown-eyed girl <laughs> knockoff type of thing, uh-huh. which I think is a song that's super overrated. But n- yeah. nevertheless, the guitar comes in, other elements come in, and in the verses, like Ezra, the lead singer, just his vocals are just so, like, breezy, light, like, just airy on top of these shuffling drums. And in the verses, like, if you just listen to the way, like, the bass line and guitars just interlock and harmonize with one another, it's just so well written. And just, like, every space of this song is is perfectly filled. Like, yeah. it's, it's ear candy. <laughs> it's candy for your ears. Well put. It's like there's a party in my ears and everyone's invited to listen to this song. Like in it just it's an ear party. You know, everything from like going into the chorus like they use uh this like tremolo effect on the vocals in the chorus which give it like this nice like rhythmic touch. So hmm. when the percussion comes back in, the vocals and percussion are just like moving in unison and Dan uh Daniel Heim uh you know part of uh the great pop rock group high yeah she sings harmonies on this song in addition to several others on father of the bride yeah that gives it you know this song kind of reminds me like if i were compared to a band of you know of another era it would be like a fleetwood mac track in mm-hmm. a lot of ways mm-hmm. um the lyrics are they're quite melancholy but it juxtaposes very well with the pop friendly instrumentation of it mm. and yeah i mean i don't know just i think this song is like is like a masterpiece of songwriting in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and it's, I would say, yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, a personal song for me. Um, I, uh, I got engaged two weeks after this album came out oh, nice. and it was the beginning of spring. Um, you know, Becky and I, we both saw them live in September. They right. played the song, of course, off the father of the bride tour. You know, I always look back at this song and album as being the music that I associate most with getting engaged. So mm. it definitely has that's cool that extra layer yeah. of meaning. Very fitting. You know, I would say we would definitely play this song at our wedding if it wasn't for the course of <laughs> yeah. I've been cheating on cheating on you. <laughs> right. So unfortunately, like yeah, that won't it won't be making an appearance at our wedding. That but doesn't work. Maybe the maybe the instrumental because it really yeah. is. Um, yeah, just such a great a great tune and I, you know it's my favorite song off my favorite album of the year yeah. it was also you know i don't know if rob if you've done your spotify wrapped mm, yet where it shows you you know right. your most played you know songs and artists and etc you know this was of course my most stream song uh-huh. of 2019 so i had the data to back it up yeah as well. <laughs> right and yeah i mean like i said this song yeah just ear candy pop perfection much nice. like you know uh lizzo's juice at number three yeah and like i said it's my favorite song off the favorite album of the year and it was it was it was kind of yeah a no-brainer for me that this was going to be my my number one song of 2019 nice i love uh i love this song i love this album uh hold you now also featuring oh, yeah. heim was my favorite um the mm-hmm. opening track but this one is great and yeah your your rationale was very fitting and Great way to sum up the whole year. So that's going to do it for this episode of Must Go Faster. Thanks so much, everybody, as always, for listening. And, you know, be sure to share this, um, you know, with anyone in your life that likes music. I'm sure you know someone that likes music. Sure. (laughs) Who who doesn't? (laughs) And we'll be back um, next with our, of course, top 10 movies of 2019 so stay tuned for that one gotta get out to the theater and see five or eight more so uh 
yeah, join us in the in the cinemas over the holiday break. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. Peace. Peace. Thank you.